see patients. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Or should I say good afternoon? Good afternoon. <laughs> Time is going. Uh, as I re was reflecting this morning, as I was preparing and thinking, I reflected on the fact that the Christian life is a life of faith. Not only do we live by faith, not only do we walk by faith, we are justified by our faith. And in fact, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I pray this morning that as we receive the word of faith, that we receive it by faith. God has something to say to us this morning. And may our hearts be open. And may we be willing to receive what God is going to say to each one of us this morning. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. God is good. He's always got something to say to us and for us. As you know, the last couple of times I've spoken, we've looked at the theme of wisdom. Last time I spoke, we went to the book of Proverbs. And we looked at the importance of wisdom, how valuable wisdom is. We also went to the letter of James, and we saw where the source of our wisdom came from, from our Father, who is in heaven. And we saw the difference between heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. The time before that I spoke from Colossians, where Paul encourages us to walk in wisdom, to act wisely before those who are without. And Paul encourages us to make the most of every opportunity, to be wise before those who are without. So this morning I want to continue that theme regarding the Christian life, the Christian lifestyle. This morning, I want to look at life through the Spirit. Obviously, we've got a short time. It's a vast subject. But I want to just touch on this idea of life through the Spirit. Paul writes about it in Romans 8.5. I'll read just the verses following, a few verses following, just to get the context of what Paul is saying. This is Romans 8.5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man, sinful woman, is death. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. 
It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. If there were time, I'd like to speak on that whole passage. But we're going to concentrate on verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You know, the Bible is full of contrasts and comparisons. The Bible often contrasts one thing with another and compares one thing with another. And the teaching of Scripture inevitably sets choices of lifestyle before us. And it inevitably, those choices of lifestyle lead to different outcomes and different consequences. The Christian life is a life of choice. The Christian always has to make decisions. And those decisions are very important because our destiny is dependent on our decisions. Who we are today is a product of our choices that we've made in our life up to today. Who I am today, I have decided to be, according to my choices of my decisions. I am what I have decided to be. Decisions are very important. Cho choices are very important. And God always sets choices before his people. And we need to make right choices. Because according to my choices, it will determine who I am and my eternal destiny. So, in this scripture, we have two lifestyles. Life according to the sinful nature and life in accordance with the Spirit. And we have two mindsets. Mindset on what the Spirit, sorry, what the sinful nature desires and mindset on what the Spirit desires. That's important. It's setting a choice before us in this scripture. The two different lifestyles are always accompanied by the two different mindsets. How I think determines how I live. My lifestyle is determined by my thoughts. They can't be separated. They're inextricably linked. My thoughts determine my life, whether for good or for ill. Your lifestyle always affects your thinking, and your thinking always affects your lifestyle. So, be careful how you live. Be careful how you think. Be careful what you think. Because how you think and what you think will always affect how you live. Very important. The scripture says, as a man, as a woman thinks in his heart, so is he. You live according to your thoughts. Be careful how you think. 
be careful what you think. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. What is the sinful nature? The sin nature is that aspect in man, in woman, that makes him, that makes her, rebellious against God. Sin is rebellion, the scripture says. Those who live in sin are living in rebellion against God. We saw that from the garden when Adam and Eve first sinned. It was because of they rebelled against God's word. God said, don't eat of that fruit. They rebelled against his word. They refused to receive his word. And they ate the fruit. Sin is rebellion. It's as serious as that. Sin isn't a mistake. Or, oh dear, I shouldn't have done that. Sin is a choice to disregard what God has said. If I live in sin... I'm living in rebellion. When we speak of the sin nature, we refer to the fact that we have a natural inclination to sin. Do you believe that? We have a natural inclination to sin. Given the choice to do God's will or our own, we will naturally choose to do our own. Without God's input into our lives, we naturally choose to disobey God and to sin. And proof of the sin nature abounds. No one has to teach a child to lie or to be selfish. I'm not a parent, but all parents will know. You don't have to teach your children to, not to lie or to be selfish. Rather, you have to teach them not to lie and not to be selfish. Sinful behaviour comes naturally. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> and the Bible explains the reason for this. We haven't, can't go through it, but Romans 5, 12 to 21 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin... And in this way, death came to all men, all women. Why? Because all sinned. Humanity is sinful, not just in theory, not just in practice, but by nature. Sin is part of the very fibre of our being. Without God, if you dissected a human being, you will find sin at the very heart of that being. Colossians 3, 5 to 11. Let's look at that. We find a list of what the sin nature produces. Let's look at it quickly. Colossians 3, 5 to 11. Let's pick a few of those out. Paul says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly, that sinful nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He says you must rid yourselves of all such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. These are the product 
of the sinful nature. This is what sin produces in our lives. In Romans 6.6, 6, Paul speaks of the body of sin, which makes us slaves to sin. The sin nature is universal in humanity. No one's accepted. We are all by nature sinners. The scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have a sin nature and it affects every part of our lives. Romans 7, 14 to 25. Paul admits that the problem with Paul is Paul's sin. Paul says, I am a slave to sin. Paul was in his sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Many people, they say, I don't want to become a Christian. I don't want to have to serve God. I don't have to do what God tells me. But what they don't realise is, we always serve someone or something. If I'm not serving God, I'm serving myself, and I'm serving sin. I'm a slave to sin. I'm either a servant of God, or I'm a slave to sin. I'm always serving something or someone. God sets me free from being a slave to sin so that I can serve him. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, There is not a righteous man a righteous woman on earth who does what is right and never sins. 1 John 1.8 If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The person who says they've never sinned is sinning because they're lying. <laughs> Even children have a sin nature. David says, Psalm 51.5, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And again, Psalm 58.3, Even from birth the wicked go astray, from the womb they are wayward and speak lies. So where does this sin nature come from? Because scripture says, God created humans good and without a sinful nature. We have to go back to the garden. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And Genesis 3 Recalls the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And by that one action, by that one sin, sin entered 
into the human nature. From generation to generation, the sin nature was passed down to all humanity. We have sin in our genes. We inherit it from our parents, our grandparents and our ancestors. It's part of our DNA. Sin is part of who we are. But there's a solution. That's not the end of the story. Romans 5.12 Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's through Adam, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. But what does the scripture say? But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? God sent his son into the world to release us from our sinful nature so that we may have God's nature. God has transformed us. We are now new creation. Old has passed away. The scripture says, behold, all things have become new. So those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. John 15, 26. Believers have the indwelling Spirit of Christ, that is the Spirit of Truth, the Counselor, the Comforter, who proceeds from the Father. Jesus says, John 16, 12 to 15, the counsellor, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. He guides us according to the word and according to the will of God. Jude 1, 20, the Holy Spirit assists believers in prayer. Romans 8, 27, he intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Galatians 5, 16 to 18, he also leads the believers into righteousness. And last but by no means least, Galatians 5, 22, 23, he produces fruit in those who are yielded to him. <coughs> believers are to submit to the word and to the will of God and to be led by the Spirit. Let's look at what that means in practical terms. The Christian life is a journey. We have a destination, but we're on a journey. The scripture says that 
As I said earlier, we walk by faith, not by sight. And we have to be consistent in making progress. We are going from one degree of glory to another. We never remain where we are. God is always taking us from where we are to where he intends us to be. We always need to be moving forward as Christians. That's the walk of faith. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The biblical norm for all Christians is that they may walk in the Spirit, not according to the flesh. John 3.6 says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The Spirit gives us life in the new birth, and we must continue to live day by day according to that life in the Spirit. Don't lag behind the Spirit. Don't rush ahead. The Bible says, keep in step with the Spirit. He knows the way. He knows the way we need for us to go. So scripture says we need to keep in step with the Spirit. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. To live in the Spirit means that we are yielded to his control and to his guidance. We follow his lead. We allow him to influence, direct our lives. Galatians 5 examines the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. It's a long chapter, so I'm going to pick out a few verses. Galatians 5.1 The context is freedom from the law of Moses. We are free from the law of Moses and we now live in the law of the Spirit. And the law of the Spirit of life sets us free. We live in accordance with the Spirit, not with the law of Moses. Galatians 5.5 Those who live in the Spirit, by faith, eagerly await the righteousness for which we hope. The fulfilment of our righteousness is when our Lord returns. Until then, we walk by faith. When he returns, when our Lord returns, we won't need faith anymore. Because we shall see him as he is. But till then, we walk by faith. 5.16, Galatians 5.16. Those who live by the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Why? Because they seek to please God. Galatians 5.17 The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. It is in direct conflict with the Spirit. The Scripture says that we are in enmity against God so that we cannot do the things that we should. Paul spoke of this. He says, the things I ought to do, I do not do. And the things I shouldn't do, that I do. Paul saw the conflict in his life between the sinful nature 
and living in accordance with the Spirit. And from day by day, we all live in that same conflict. Whether to live according to the sinful nature, according to the flesh, or according to the Spirit. We're always at war. Not with other people, but we have an internal conflict. What am I living by? According to my sinful nature, according to my flesh, or do I live according to the Spirit? Galatians 5.18 Those who walk in the Spirit are free from the law. That is the law of Moses, but not free from the law of God, the law of love. We're not free from that. There's no law against love. Galatians 5.19-21 to when we live according to the sinful nature, the results are obvious. We looked at that before. But when we live in accordance with the Spirit, He produces godly qualities within us. And we're going to have a look at those in a moment. Galatians 5.24 Believers have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Sinful people can be very passionate, can't they? <laughs> sin can make you very passionate. Sometimes people are determined to sin. I say some people. Sometimes, I should be saying, sometimes we are very passionate about our sin. Sometimes we're determined to sin. We know it's wrong. We know we ought not to do it. But somehow, the desire is so strong that we sin. That's the strength of sin. But praise God, he's delivered us from our passions and our desires to sin. He's put a new nature within us. He's put his spirit within us. So now we live according to the spirit, not according to the sinful nature. Galatians 5.25 Now that we live in accordance with the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Are you keeping in step with the Spirit? Or are you lagging behind? Or are you racing ahead? Keeping in step with the Spirit. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So what does the Spirit produce within us? What are those qualities? We find them in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. We, we say the fruit of the Spirit, don't we? This is what is produced in us if we allow the Spirit to guide, to direct our lives. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in love. They live in love for God and they live in love for others. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in joy. They exhibit joy in what God has done, in what God is doing, and in what God will do. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in peace. They live worry-free and refuse anxiety. Don't you want to live worry-free? 
Don't you want to live without anxiety? Now, the scripture's not saying that we don't have concerns. We do have concerns. But we're not concerned about our concerns. <laughs> we're not worrying about them. We're not anxious. Doesn't the scripture tell us? Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But instead, bring our request to God. And the peace of God will keep our hearts and our minds. I want to live worry-free. This world is full of worried people. If you look at the news, if you look at people, everyone's worried about something. If they're not worried about prices going up, they're worried about prices going down. If they're not worried about global warming, they're worried about global freezing. If they're not worried about fires, they're worried about floods. If they're not worried about this government, they're worried about that government. Life is full of worries. As Christians, we need to be worry-free. Not because we don't have concerns, but we have a God who's in control. A God who knows the end from the beginning. A God who's well able to take care of his people. Amen. Okay. I've lost. That's it. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in patience. They are known for having a long fuse. They do not lose their temper. Anyone here got a long fuse or a short fuse? <laughs> if you've got a short fuse, you explode very quickly. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit is to lengthen your fuse. <laughs> You can last a bit longer so that you don't blow up at every opportunity, every circumstance. Some people are well known for their explosions. Don't be like that. Have a long fuse. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in kindness. They show genuine concern for the needs of others. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in goodness. Their actions reflect virtue and holiness. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in faithfulness. They are steadfast in their trust of God and of His Word. They are reliable and dependable. As Christians, we ought to be reliable and dependable people. We should be people of our Word. If I say I'm going to be there at 6 o'clock, I'm there at 6 o'clock. People should be able to rely on my word. Are you reliable? Are you dependable? Are you there when you say you're going to be there? That's how I should be. I should be known for my faithfulness, my trustworthiness, my dependability. And that is a work of the Spirit. So if you're not reliable... Maybe the spirit isn't working in you. <laughs> I'm not looking at anyone in particular. Those who walk in the spirit walk in gentleness. Their lives are characterised by humility and 
grace. If you're a proud person, then maybe the Spirit isn't working effectively in you. Maybe you're not following and being guided by the Spirit. The Spirit is a Spirit of humility. It's the Spirit of Christ. Those who walk in the Spirit walk in self-control. They display moderation, restraint, and they have the ability to say no. Do you have the ability to say no? Do you know what you ought to say no to? There are some things that the Christian has to say, no, I'm not going there. No, I'm not doing that. And we need to be able to discern what that thing is. Do you have that ability? Are you able to have self-control? Many people live very lives without any control at all. Their lives are all over the place. They do whatever they want to do whenever they feel like doing it. Christians aren't like that. Christians have parameters. They have borders. We live within borders. We don't do what we want to do when we want to do it, however we want to do it. We are led and guided by the Spirit of God. He sets the borders for our lives. He sets the parameters. And we don't go outside of those borders. We don't go outside of those parameters. We live with restraint. We live with control. Because the controlled person is a powerful person. An uncontrolled person is a very weak person. They're open to any and every circumstance and consequence. But the person who's able to control themselves is able to deal with every situation and every circumstance. Live according to the Spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. So then, Romans 8.5 Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what this, that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So God is setting a choice before us. I'm reminded of Joshua. You remember when he stood before the people and he said, choose this day whom you will serve. And then he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So God is setting a choice before us. Two lifestyles, two mindsets. Life according to the sinful nature, or life in accordance with the Spirit. Two mindsets. Mindset on what the sinful nature desires and mindset on what the spirit desires. And Romans 8.6 tells us not only, not only two lifestyles and two mindsets, they're two outcomes. Romans 8.6 tells us the mind of sinful man 
sinful woman is death. Death is the consequence of living according to the sinful nature. That's the outcome. That's the result of that choice. That decision to live according to the sinful nature. The scripture says death is the outcome. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace is the consequence of living in accordance with a sinful nature. So today choose, but choose wisely. Do not choose to live according to the sinful nature. Choose to live in accordance with the Spirit. God bless you as you receive his word. Amen.